Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast presented by Nettie and Associates. I'm your host, Jim Schaefer. Now, if this is your first time tuning in, Nettie and Associates is an executive search firm focused on the building efficiency industry, hence why we named the podcast the way that we did. And simply put, we help our clients find the right talent. And each week, we sit down with leaders from the industry to discuss their backgrounds, how they got started, and where they see the industry heading. We also get to know our guests and find out what drives them to be successful. And on today's episode, episode 47, we sit down with Eric Larson from Intelligent Buildings, Really enjoyed speaking with Eric about how he got started in the industry and how Intelligent Buildings is operating in the commercial real estate space for the most part, especially from like a cybersecurity standpoint. Uh, It was really interesting perspective there. And as usual, stick around until the end to hear the advice that Eric would give to his 22-year-old self. Now, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to our channel and consider downloading this episode and future episodes. This is really the only way that we can track how many people are listening. So if you're one of those people out there who are streaming the episodes, I urge you to consider hitting that download button instead. And if you enjoy this episode, please share it and leave a five-star review. Now, we think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Eric and I. So let's drop in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Building Efficiency Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Eric Larson, who is the Director of Client Services with Intelligent Buildings. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Yeah, of course. I'm glad we we made this thing happen. So, I think uh, I know you've been in the industry for a little while. There's a lot of folks out there that are going to recognize your name and maybe some that don't. So can you tell us a little bit about your background, maybe where you grew up and then how you got started in the industry? Sure thing. Um, Yeah, I'm assuming most don't know my name. So hopefully this will change that. Um, And just a quick comment, you know, hearing your voice on the podcast, you have a just a great voice for radio, podcasting, all that. Have you gotten that before? I have, and I appreciate that. <laughs> it's coming It's coming through crystal clear. So yeah, a little bit about myself. So again, I'm Eric Larson. I'm with Intelligent Buildings. I am out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I grew up here and actually went to NC State after that, majored in mechanical engineering, took a job with Schneider Electric out of school in Nashville, Tennessee, which was uh, a pretty good time, a good, good intro into industry. Then I did three years in Chicago, two were with Schneider, one was with Intelligent Buildings, and recently moved back here to Charlotte, um, which is where IB Intelligent Buildings is based, and uh, yeah, director client services on the sales side of things, and so far, so good. So North Carolina was a bit of a a boomerang for you then. You, You left, and then you came back. So you see yourself sticking around here for a little while then? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's um, my, my parents aren't from North Carolina, but it's a pretty good spot. And my, my sisters both came back and I'm here. So a little bit of family, got some friends, IB, you know, headquarters is here. I think uh, it's a, it's a pretty good spot. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So tell us about intelligent buildings. Cause I think when you and I first connected, I was familiar with the company, but not in any depth. So if you could give our audience an overview of intelligent buildings, who you guys are, and then kind of how you're going to market today. Absolutely. So Intelligent Buildings is a smart real estate services provider. And that can that's kind of our tagline, but it can mean a lot of things. So I'll break it down a little sure. bit. The three services that we offer, and we're we're selling primarily to real estate organizations, whether it's corporate, commercial, REITs, uh, healthcare, any anyone with a real estate portfolio, the, the three types of services are advisory, assessment, and managed services. 
So the advisory services side is, is our consulting piece, and that's our, our 15 years of experience being consultants for new builds and existing buildings, trying to make sure that systems are smart and they're connected and they're interoperable, and they really leverage both building efficiency as well as the user experience. The second piece, the assessments, is where we use that consulting expertise for a group of buildings, for a portfolio. So instead of just doing one at a time, we're helping real estate owners to really take a look at a portfolio as a whole and, and for the get a baseline for where they're at now. And then the third piece is one of our newer, pretty exciting developments, specifically on the cybersecurity front, but it's about the management of those buildings from an organizational level. So centralizing remote access and cybersecurity policy and some things like that for building owners who may not have the expertise within each of their buildings. We help centralize them with that. You know, I'm glad you got out in front of the cybersecurity piece because when you were walking through the first couple of services, that's like the first thing I would imagine that comes to mind for these building owners when you talk about yep. connected buildings, smart buildings. They're always wondering about how are we going to keep these safe and prevent hackers from coming in. So if you could, could you just spend a little bit of time talking about the cybersecurity piece and maybe how that impacts some of the conversations that you're having with your customers? Is that, I mean, it's got to be at the top of the list, mm -hmm. I would think. It really is. Yeah, cybersecurity is really, really pressing right now. It's come up a lot recently, so people think it's kind of a new issue, but but it's really not. So the the basis of the building system networks is that building systems, whether it's the HVAC system or the building automation system controlling it, a lighting control system, you know, elevator control, access control. There's all these systems that we've been using for a long time. Whether you're badging into a building or your operations team is adjusting a set point, these, are, these technologies have been around since the 80s or so. But the cybersecurity of them, kind of how they're networked, how they're connected to the internet, as well as who is operating them and how they're being operated when you're thinking about passwords, usernames, administration, those kinds of things, they haven't really been regulated by building owners or, or property managers in the last, uh, until recently, like, like you kind of said, there's uh, a general push now. So when you think about the buildings with those existing systems and, and the existing people going in and out of those buildings, there hasn't been much regulation in terms of cybersecurity. Whereas when you think about the IT systems, it's it's forefront of mind for everyone. It's a newer technology. You know, you've got you don't have IT equipment sitting around for for 20 years without any sort of capital refresh the way that you would a building system, maybe. So that the networking piece is really important. And the two parts that I kind of spoke to is how they're connected and then also how they're operated, the, the behavior of the people operating those systems. Yeah, it's super interesting because we've kind of seen that evolution in the industry, right? I mean, when I first started doing this, you know, 10, 12 years ago, it was all about energy efficiency. How are we going to reduce energy consumption? And then we saw this gradual transition into IoT. That's kind of been the buzzword the past like three to five years, it seems like it feels like. So IoT. So as you're talking with your customers, you're consulting with them, what do you guys look for? Let's let's like shift to the product side for a second, because there's a lot of products out there from like an intelligent building standpoint, right, that, that will incorporate IoT. So is there like certain criteria that you guys look for as you like vet out or analyze product, IoT product manufacturers? Does that come into play at all? 
Great point. It absolutely does come into play. And I'll just speak from my background at Schneider Electric. Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of manufacturers out there and some, some pretty spiffy solutions that do mm-hmm. a lot of good things. Um, so the way we approach it at Intelligent Buildings, like I said, for a long time, we were a consultancy. We're, we're very vendor neutral when it comes to the services that are the, the guide, guidance that we give. So when we're looking to set a strategy with a customer at a portfolio level, we're really talking about the types of technologies that they need. And we really try to address before the technology, the use cases that they want to accomplish as a business, as opposed to really getting into the nuts and bolts of the technology up front. We certainly help with that on the tail end, but it's really about working one at a portfolio level and then two, identifying those use cases tying those to business outcomes and making sure that the, the business is tied to those metrics rather than just the technology be, being put in, maybe right. not being held to any sort of standards and maybe you know falling out of favor with the maintenance staff in the next three to five years. Got it. Okay. Yeah, we don't have to mention anyone specifically, but I would imagine you guys would have some strategic partnerships, right? With some of these companies that have maybe been vetted, they fit your criteria, feel like, hey, these are really going to be able to serve our customers from a smart building standpoint. Is is that correct? I mean, do you guys have some strategic partnerships lined up? That's a good point. We have uh, we have a lot of kind of unofficial relationships. Okay. We've been a part of Realcom for the last ten or fifteen years before I was with IB. But our our principals have really done a good job of networking and keeping up and and keeping a read on all these technologies. Yeah. The one strategic partnership I'll mention is we do have a partnership with Tempered Networks that was released fairly recently. And the reason that we um, you know have formally decided to do something with them is to leverage our cybersecurity policy, kind of enabling it across a portfolio. We use the tempered gateway on a building for building level to secure one, the remote access, and then two, how the systems are set up without changing the physical infrastructure on a building by building basis. Interesting. Interesting. No, that's that's cool. I was like, I was curious about that because we see it, right? You see it all over the place, these different products and you know, everyone's going in that direction of IoT. So that, that's good mm-hmm. stuff. So let's use that as kind of a, a launch point. Let's look into the future, maybe 5, 10, 15 years later on down the road. I know it's tough to do that, but uh, where, do you, where do you see the industry heading, Eric? Yeah, no, good question. Um, I've, I've thought a lot about that. And I guess the question I have for you on this is, uh, I, we're on video. I know the podcast is audio, but it looks to me, are you back in your office or is that a home office? This is a home office. I recently just moved. So if you hear a little bit of an echo, I'm still working on moving into my new home office. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, it looks uh it looks, yeah, fresh and clean and new. It's sparse. <laughs> but but to that point, I'm I'm sitting in my home office as well. And you get pretty comfortable, you get used to it. I think a lot of us are are itching to get back to the office, but you sure. know, in a way where we're comfortable being at home, we're comfortable being in the office and we're, we're allowed to have that kind of hybrid approach. So what, what I'll say, my personal thoughts on the issue is getting back to work, getting back to buildings is, is going to be a process. But I think that at the end of the day, the office, the total office footprint, and I'm speaking specifically about office, but you could really talk about any type of real estate. I think that we're going to see more and more things happen from home, happen virtually, and we will only need to be in buildings if it's really um, either important or you need to look and touch something. You know, certain things you definitely want to have that ability to do. 
So what I'll say about the outlook for the next 10 or so years is you need to make sure that buildings have the capabilities that your home would, whether it's an office, whether it's, you know, a waiting room at a doctor's office, there's a whole different uh, retail, walking in a lobby. Yeah. A lot of these buildings are going to have to improve, whether it's becoming smarter, more connected, more secure in order to really attract people back to them, as opposed to just kind of going the way that things were before, just maintaining um, I think that the buildings that exist are going to need to become better uh, overall to support a return to them in the long term. Oh, that's great perspective. No, I appreciate you sharing that. So let's uh, let's transition to the last part of the show here. I'm going to ask you four questions that I ask every guest who comes on the Building Efficiency Podcast and start off here and ask you, Eric, what are your daily non-negotiables? Daily non-negotiables. Yes, the the big four questions. I've heard some really good answers from some uh, some previous interviews. So I, I've got I've got a couple kind of come to mind. So I'll start with a little story. But I, I was an engineer in college. Uh, a lot of my friend group were engineers. We uh, we had a pretty good time. One, you know, we even did some nerdy things like sketching out our a football trip to Clemson using variables and. Anyway, we, we, we had a good time with that. But one of the other things that we did is we would never get in line without knowing what was at the end of the line. And in college, it's typically free t-shirts, which can probably be worth up to 30 minutes when you're a college student. Got to get those t-shirts. Um, but but it, when, you, when you talked about the non-negotiable, it really made me think that I'm trying to get a lot of focus in, in my job and in my life and kind of really begin something with the end in mind. So whether that's not saying yes to everything, whether it's evaluating opportunities and kind of, you know, from a sales perspective, seeing what the end goal would be. Um, and in personal life, you know, maybe blocking out the things that are as important and, and focused on some that are. So uh, long story short, I'd say begin with the end in mind is, is something that is non-negotiable for me. And I'm, I'm trying to do a little bit better job myself. I love that. I use that line myself. Uh, Stephen Covey, I think, uh, I borrowed, oh, the line, the borrowed the line from him. Begin with the end in mind. That's uh, great advice. All right. Well, speaking of advice, what advice would you give to your 22-year-old self as you're graduating from, was it NC State? NC State. Go work All right. back. All right. Uh, drink less? <laughs> no, I'll... Uh... Uh, I'll tell back up there. So, so coming out 22 years old, I was at NC State. I was an engineer. I actually did five years in school. And I like to quickly tell people that it is because I did a co-op, not because I was slacking too much. But, but coming into the workforce, and I think this is some advice that I can also give myself now, but, but in short, it would be to speak up. I think that it's easy to enter the workforce and realize that you're a rookie and there's a lot of people with more experience around you. I think speaking up and asking questions and all of that is good. And I would encourage myself to do more of it. Um, and maybe even, even looking at that today, I think that since I'm still relatively new to the industry, it's, it's easy to hear a lot of people talking technically and, and really getting into detail. I think that it's helpful for, from my perspective to be able to talk about things at a high level, to not necessarily get too technical. And since I'm still learning all of the technical side, I, I think that I'm in a good spot to be able to offer some perspective at a high level when it comes to smart buildings, when it comes to cybersecurity. I, I really don't have a ton of expertise in either in terms of a lot of my colleagues around the industry, um, but from a high level can, can speak to it today. And what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? 
So, yeah, I, um, I'd say in short, being part of a team and to expand a little bit, I, I very much value my, my friends, my relationships, business relationships. And when it comes to sitting at your desk in your home office every day and communicating virtually, uh, you, it's, it's really helpful to like what you do. And I really do like the team at Intelligent Buildings. Um, being back in Charlotte, my family's close. They're a different team that I'm motivated to, um, you know, try to be my best self for. Um, and then, you know, moving back to IB, they've had a lot of success over the years. They're in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I'm from. I'm a Panthers and Hornets fan. I'm a, I'm a Charlottean and I'm, I'm proud of it. So I think that kind of the, the being a part of that team as well. Was that Charlottean? Is that is that what Charlottean? Okay, that's the first time that I've heard that. So, um, if any other Charlottean's are listening to this, uh, maybe <laughs> we'll we'll tap into that audience. That's that's good stuff. All right, last question here: What do you want your lasting legacy to be? Yeah, so this this ties a little bit into my last answer, but um, I, I'm recently moved back to Charlotte. I, I want to get more involved in the community. I've started to do a couple things. Uh, COVID's a little limiting, but but some virtual things and. Whether it's business networking, whether it's volunteering, whether it's really putting intelligent buildings on the map, you know, eventually starting a family. I, I think that a lot of that at this point, I envision that being in Charlotte, I envision being part of uh, the teams that I'm currently a part of for the long time. So I want my legacy to just be someone that uh, was selfless and, and was willing to put the team in front of himself. So Excellent. Well, I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the show here. So, Eric, thanks for coming on the Building Efficiency Podcast. Jim, I appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, all right. All right, there you have it. Episode 47 with Eric Larson. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did enjoy it, please be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite podcast. Now, we hope you're sharing this with your friends and colleagues as well. And one last thing, if you have any future guests in mind from the industry, please reach out to me. We'd love to hear from you loyal listeners. So until next time, I'm Jim Schaefer, and we'll catch you on the next episode.